0: On Jazz for the seventeenth of August, Donovan Mitchell trade reengage talks with the New York Knicks, or are the Jazz adding another star? Does this mean we're back to stage one? Plus, the NBA schedules out, and you are the winner. We'll tell you why coming up. It's all on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Bum 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 bum. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How I am, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. An unusual afternoon live show today. We'll try to do as much interaction as possible. We're doing it through our graphic setup live for the first time, so hopefully it's working. Always another question when I try to take another technological jump, whether or not we're going to have an unmitigated disaster. But thanks so much for tuning in. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The NBA schedule is out, which is exciting because it's close. I did a massive podcast on Real GM with Danny LaRue and Adam Modis, it gets you fired up for the season. And there's new news floating around about the never-ending Donovan Mitchell uh, story in every which way. So let's talk about that first. The story is Tony Jones, Shams had it yesterday, that the Jazz have re-engaged with the Knicks on trade talks. Now, I don't know entirely what that means because... There are not new players to be discussed. There are not new draft picks to be discussed. There's just the timetable. And my point earlier this week was actually the first pressure point comes on the Utah Jazz. And that pressure point on the Utah Jazz is that they go to training camp with all this discussion and all these people worrying about what's going on and whether or not there's in some way, shape, or form a rub for Donovan, whether Donovan asks out publicly in some way, which he's you know certainly never Uh, done up to this point, and whether in some way there's a pressure point that hurts the Jazz. So maybe that re-engages a little bit. On the other end, there's just not new pieces to this puzzle. So if the Knicks want Donovan Mitchell, Danny Ainge knows what they have to offer. Danny Ainge can come back to them and say, okay, I asked for this. I still want this, or I'm willing to do it for this. The Knicks can say, we're willing to – like you can just have the conversation. But we don't suddenly have a great deal of new pieces – to this puzzle than we've had before. So while they've re-engaged in talks, hey, they're still dealing with the same paint, the same brushes, the same pieces, and it's a question of whether or not somebody is going to bend in some way, shape, or form. Now, the one thing I had said was that I thought the first pressure point came to the New York Knicks in this if they have a tough start to their schedule. Now, just to let you know, I don't think this is why trade talks would re-engage. But the Knicks knew their – the teams know their schedule before it's released. They've been given a draft. They might say, hey, wait a sec, We don't have these arena dates available. Uh, we actually can't do this or that. So the Knicks open with Memphis. They get an easy one against Detroit and Orlando and Charlotte right out of the chute. So the Knicks have a super soft start to their schedule in their first four games. They play home games against Detroit Orlando, and Charlotte, which should be three easy wins for them before they go on the road to play Milwaukee, then play Cleveland, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Boston, Minnesota, Brooklyn on an ESPN game before it gets soft again. So the opening, you know, I've kind of been saying this whole time, do the Knicks start 500 after 15, 20 games, and does that in some way, shape, or form push the meter, you know, without boring you to death my, you know, uh, on going game by game, my kind of guess on the Knicks is that they start the year actually about five and two. Probably lose their next three, go to five and four. Depending the situation with where Brooklyn is, they they might go to six and four. Then it gets soft again, and they can jump to to eight and four before they play us on a TNT game and go west. If they have not played, if they're not eight and four. When they come to play the Jazz, then they're in real trouble because then they go on the road to play Denver, Golden State, Phoenix for three in a row, which probably are not going to be wins for that group. If they don't beat us, they end up that four-game road trip at 8-8, and and then they are right at the 500 number we talked about. But I got to say, the Knicks got a gift because three of their next four are soft after that, so they're opening 20 games super soft. If they're not rolling at three or four or five games above 500, then, you know, I I don't know where, I don't see that pressure point that I talked about happening quite as easily as it might, as we might have have hoped it would be or that we would have thought it could be um, at that point. So, you know, I don't know whether that's a huge disadvantage to the Jazz in all of this or not. The other thing that's happened here is this report that, well, maybe the Jazz are interested in looking at another star. And this to me takes us all the way back to stage one when all of this started at the very, very beginning. And what stage one was at the beginning, if you recall, when we started the offseason, there was no question that the Jazz had to shake up their roster, right? The group, Quinn had resigned. The group had some dysfunction, it didn't have a zest. As Quinn said in his exit press conference, we, we needed a spark certainly that they, that they didn't have. And so you knew you need to shake it up. The first thing you were going to do, if you're the Jazz, is you were going to run through the NBA and see with Boyan, with Royce, with Mike Conley, with Jordan Clarkson, with other pieces to this puzzle, what can we go get? And they accomplished a first-round draft pick for Royce, and they didn't seem to, at least my guess is that they, they then walked down and with Mike and with Boyan and with any other pieces, you know, they weren't able to pull off what we talked about, a Tobias Harris, a Dame Lillard, a Chris daps a another star to bring in with Rudy Gobert and with Donovan Mitchell. They then, you know, I think had to make a choice of like, well, are we actually willing to bring the same team back? That answer was no. There's just no way you could do that. And then the next question was, well, what's out there? And that's where I think Tim Conley then ends up in Minnesota. He starts to engage with the Jazz. And now you suddenly have this mammoth offer for Rudy Gobert on the table. And whether you, in, you know, it was interesting in the real GM conversation with Danny Leroux and Adam Modest, their feeling was the Jazz could have gone into the offseason without intending to trade Rudy Gobert. But if they got that package, they probably had to trade Rudy Gobert, right? I mean, there is a point here where the Jazz could suddenly use pieces of that package to go see if they pull off something the way the Knicks made a bunch of moves and have all these extra draft picks and are trying to pull something off. Maybe, you know, you're still playing a little bit of a gamble that Donovan Mitchell is going to want to stay here at the end of his contract. But that contract is two, three years really before that day comes. And so, you know, if we look at the Jazz from an asset allocation standpoint, before the Rudy Gobert trade, they had to sit on their hands at the trade deadline. They had to sit on their hands at the draft. They had to sit on their hands at the free agency because they had no financial flexibility and they had no moves to be made. That's not entirely true right now. They actually now have some more pieces to the puzzle, some other moves that might be able to be made in, 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 in adding a star. And I don't know who that star is available, but maybe we're here. We're back to stage one now, where what we actually have is the Jazz saying, wait a second, we're going to run around the league. If the Knicks are not told, we're going to re-engage the Knicks. Oh, okay, you're not, you're, you haven't changed. Then we're going to run around the league and go back around and see, hey, if we put Boyan along with a first, or if we put Mike along with one of the first we got, or if we do, what can we get? And what are the pieces out there that might be able to change who we are and keep us at least – and then there is a 100% legitimate discussion that you cannot pay a starting center as great as Rudy Gobert is without offensive skills $40 million. That's a legitimate discussion, that that's just not something you can do. And so maybe at this point when you've created brought in that many assets, the Jazz suddenly say, oh, wait, we've relieved ourselves of that burden. If, in fact, you think that was a burden. I, you know, hey, I'm the biggest Rudy fan in the world. I'm probably not completely the best person to analyze that. But that's a legitimate discussion of whether or not with Rudy Gobert, $40 million center, which is a million-dollar position, like, John Hollinger, Kevin Pelton, a lot of people didn't think the Jazz should pay Rudy Gobert, Zach Lowe what they paid him. Those guys know what they're talking about. So there's a legitimate discussion on that. And maybe the move the Jazz have just made is they got out from under that. And now they actually can try to vault from this position with some pieces. We'll see. Um, it, it is an interesting concept if we're back at stage one in all this. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar. They've got great things going on. The Built Puff, the new Vanilla Cream Bar is out. It's back. It's actually not new. It's amazing. 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. It was like one of the original flavors. Only 140 calories. I'm telling you, if you have not tried the Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs, say that 10 times fast. Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. 160 calories. 15 grams of proteins. Eight grams of sugar. We are talking awesome macros. And the brownie batter, the coconut marshmallow, the churro puffs are all amazing, plus all the regular Biltball flavors, plus vanilla cream there for you right now. The promo code is new. The promo code is locked on 15 now. Locked on 15. So make sure you hit the right promo code and get the best discount. You get fifteen percent off this order and any order at Locked On Fifteen. The uh, you are hanging out with some friends at a ball game, watching a game, doing things, and somebody in the room maybe you has had a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you are thinking maybe someone needs to call a ride for them or call a ride for you. Nah, they'll be okay, or I'll be okay. No big deal. Nope. That's the wrong way to approach it. The worst thing that could happen your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you totally car, you kill someone. Pretty bad choices. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, they still does not stop everyone from getting behind the wheel when they're under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on their roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, or you think your buddy's going to be okay, Make the right decision. Think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, college football fans, and I know there's a lot of them with the seventh-ranked University of Utah and the top 25 BYU. How many states have two teams ranked in the top 25? College football preview, ultimate college football preview starts tomorrow. We'll preview the Big 12 first, the Pac-12 second. Look up ultimate college preview on your podcast uh, uh, provider for that show. All right, bunch of things going on in this chat room. 65% of the people in our poll question today are saying that they would rather... Get another star somehow rather than do the rebuild. Um, the other conversation that's going on that's pretty heavy is about the TV deal. And um, I had asked what part of the schedule you're most excited about. Brandon Whitesides, who's a regular viewer, says not the TV deal, a regular listener. And so I asked the question, what do you want out of the TV deal? The new T- the TV deal this year, similar to last year, you can stream it on direct TV stream. You, you can get FUBU TV to get it. Or if you're a regular um, provider, you can get it. And and I always I'm always interested in what it is. Is it simply you just want it on your provider and you don't want it the fact that and you want it on universally every like you want it Hulu, you want a YouTube TV, you want an Apple TV. Like I I think it's super unlikely that that day ever comes in any way, shape, or form. We're seeing Amazon take Thursday night football, right? Like so that's gonna be if you're and you're going to see youtube grab certain other pieces of packages here when the next TV, nba tv deal goes down it's going to be in no differently than we used to have it be on tnt and espn you're now going to have it be on some of it on hulu and some of it on youtube and some of it on apple and so i i don't know i don't know what it is now is there going to be a team now brandon says i want getting apple plus OK, so you want it as part of an existing package or pay the jazz directly at 20 bucks a month. Um, you know, it's an interesting question of whether the jazz and I know that, you know, uh, Ryan Smith had uh, Cook in Tim Cook, CEO of Apple in our building last year. So, you know, these conversations have probably taken place and, and Ryan is super forward thinking. So, you know, he's trying to be on the forefront of this. It, it's a hard question to try to figure out the math, by the way, um, from a jazz standpoint. Now, I mean, if we just take a little, if we just play together here for a second. So let's say the jazz charge twenty dollars a month, like Brandon said. That's two hundred and forty dollars per person for the year. Um, for the and if the you know if the jazz are getting you know I don't know what their TV deal is, but you know if you're trying to get a million dollars of revenue off their TV deal I don't, you're gonna need a pretty hefty amount of like pieces of this puzzle to come together and, and get it to work the way you want if you want three million like four five like you're gonna need twenty thousand thirty thousand fifty thousand and maybe the Jazz can get it I think there's all sorts of Awesome content things the jazz can do to have their own like jazz plus station on Roku and Amazon Fire and something like that. That's jazz plus, and you have this added content to it, and then you get your games, and maybe you have different tiers. I do think there's a real possibility of this, but you know, frankly, the the biggest thing the jazz or whatever team does is it doesn't have to be the jazz, the math's got to work right. And and right now, the last and final piece that these networks have, Fox, uh, at and Sportsnet, whomever it is, is their sports coverage. And so the Jazz get themselves into a really difficult situation here where evolution of technology is pushing one way, which is everyone's streaming and we're probably getting close to the day in which the Brandons of the world are all willing to grab their own, do their plus and pay their whatever it is a year, to be get jazz plus, but the TV networks' like last saving existence is to p- overpay the jazz maybe for what the content's worth because it it, it it it's the last one of the last content pieces out there that really demands someone to subscribe and stay involved, and so you know while alienating some of their fans, you take that money, or while losing money, you try to acquiesce to the most fans. Frankly, as technology evolves right now, I'm not sure the Jazz actually have a very good choice. Like, if I'm Jim Olson, president of the Utah Jazz, and I'm sitting with Ryan Smith, and I'm sitting with whoever, you know, on the Jazz, John Larson's our CFO, so I, I don't know who sits in these conversations. I, I don't know that they're sitting... In very, very good like like it's kind of the lesser of two evils for the franchise right now because as technology evolves, you're caught in the middle range. And so one thing I get the vibe that the Jazz have done in the last few years that might feel frustrating to you, and I don't know this for a fact, but just the way things have been announced, it almost feels like the Jazz have just kind of taken these one, instead of like signing a five-year deal, or an eight-year deal, or a ten-year deal in some way. Like let's let the technology continue to evolve and see what we do. Um. So it's an interesting, you know, thing. I, I do feel, and maybe I just don't get it. And I'm on Directv Stream, so just in all in all transparency, I do feel as though the having it on Directv Stream. And having it on Fubu is answer getting two of these is kind of a pretty strong job by the Jazz to be in the middle ground. Where if you've cut the cord, you actually have a way to still get the team, yet they're still able to get the money from the cord because the cord's desperate to have their content. You know, you can you can decide, uh, what you think on that on your own thing. Um, you know, Brandon says there's a whole bunch of us that cut the cord. They're willing to pay to stream just jazz games. Well, and so they're asking you to subscribe to either Fubo or Direct TV Stream and some limited whatever package. You can do I don't know the prices, um, or does that? So, um, you know, Dan says no one cares about or has Direct TV. So that's me. So I'm a no one. Again, I'm old. We're in an evolutionary sweat change of technology. It's a really tough place for the organization to be. And I do think that they've actually tried to do kind of the best um, they can on this. All right, we'll take, by the way, tomorrow's going or Friday's show is going to be an Ask LOJ show. So we can talk about this some more, get some more of your questions. And maybe I need to um, get better understanding Um, to it. Lacey says she liked having Fubo. It's not the ideal option, but it's been good at least to have the option to watch most games. Um, so that's kind of a good perspective there in the live room chat, um, today. Um, Dan, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't personally getting bummed that you called me a nobody. It was just kind of funny because I think you put your chat in about the exact same time. I said, I have direct TV, um, stream. All right. Uh, Let's get into the NBA schedule. There's actually some interesting things. You are the benefactor of those things. So let's touch on those things um, as we continue. Today's show is brought to you by my good friends over at Intercap. I want to tell you about something Intercap's doing. And they do this every year. And they're just awesome. And I love having Intercap be a sponsor of Locked On. Largely, frankly, because of the fact that Steve Carter is such an unbelievable great dude. And when they send him to you, you get loans done. But it's also super interesting to be... A, have InterCAP because of the great things they do in the community. They've done this for years, but they do backpack season at InterCAP where they hand out fully stocked backpacks to kids at Title I schools. This year they've done two events already, and they've already stocked 1,200 Fully stocked backpacks at two Title I schools. It's really awesome. They're sponsoring an upcoming benefit called Love for the Win, which benefits the Do It for Drake Foundation and the concerts at the Plaza at Rio Tinto on August 27th. Tickets uh, can be purchased for that uh, at thebackgroundfoundation.org. www.thebackgroundfoundation.org. So if you can jump out for that. Amazing work by Intercap. If you're looking for a loan, uh, a Mortgage. Steve Carter's our guy. He's our Locked on Jazz uh, connection. He's amazing. And if you want more on that, just email me at dlock09 at gmail.com and I'll set you up. Uh, just trust me. But big tip of the hat to Brock and the guys at Intercap. It's an honor to to have you a part of what we're To be a part of what you're doing and to be able to support it in any way, shape, or form. Today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check all your betting needs. Find your sports events and the number one online source for the odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, Combat Sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting to scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to learn more about the action today. Bet Online, where the game starts. I was looking at Bet Online the other day, by the way. And the here are the over/under odds for the Western Conference. Jazz are not listed right now, and the Lakers aren't also. But it's pretty interesting. Suns are at fifty-two point five with the Clippers as the number one seeds. Warriors are at fifty-two and Denver's at fifty-point-five. I got to admit, I think there's a chance that we did this real GM podcast and we kind of missed on Denver the whole time. Like, there's a chance Denver's the number one seed with the improved bench and some and Jokic and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back. Um, so, I think that's um, I think that's a possibility. Grizzlies are the fifth seed at forty-nine-point-five. Wolves are the sixth seed at 48.5 and Dallas is the seventh seed at 47.5. I don't know where you slide the Lakers in here, but the Pelicans are at 45 and the Blazers are at 41. So, and then Sacramento comes next at 34. What's relevant here to me is that your top four, then you have your next four, which I think they and then the, then you have 8 and 9, or 9 and 10. If To make the play-in game, if this is right, you only need 35 wins. If you need the play-in game, you really may only need 35 wins this year. If Sacramento's 34 is a, is a true number. I don't know where the Jazz fit. I actually think we're, like... Right now, as constructed, I, I think the Jazz might be a 35, 36, 37 win team. Now, if the Jazz are in there, then you actually are going to need more than that to get in, right? Um, so I think that's the one question. Where the Lakers slide in, I don't know. The, the the Wolves are really interesting here because the Wolves are one win out of this, out of the play-in game, or frankly, two, a bunch of them not being quite as copacetic as we think, and the New Orleans Pelicans being a little better than we think, to suddenly having to play a you know an an eight nine play in game and then possibly play another one, then probably play. I think they make the playoffs, but you know we do have their pick, and I do think the Wolves are going to be great. I actually picked the Wolves ahead of the Nuggets in the Midwest Division standings in that in that podcast the other day, so um, I do think that they're going to be fine. But it was just an interesting. Um, number. Uh, Ken Clayton, who does awesome work on Twitter. You should follow Can Ken, I do not have your Twitter account off the top of my head. His brother Dan. Those guys are just awesome. Tip of the hat to, um, really, honestly, huge tip of the hat to SLC Dunk, to uh, Salt City Hoops, and uh, who's the... Um, there's a Jazz Notes, or one other, J Notes or something I'm missing. Um, they've kept content all year long. I do it, too. It's super hard. And I'm just super impressed uh, on all that. If you don't follow Ken, you don't follow Dan on Twitter, you should. Dan puts out some of the most intelligent stuff that's out there. Um, so make sure you go grab it. Uh, but Ken points out the Spurs won 34, made it 34 games um, last year. So I think that's um, worth noting. All right, NBA schedule. I thought there were a few things that interesting. One is I think you're the huge benefactor. The schedule has just gotten so much better and better and better. Um, I think, and, and I just think the quality of the game is going to improve. Really, the bubble taught the NBA an awful lot about the game. The best basketball we've ever seen was in the bubble. And players and teams were rested and playing back to those games. And so the Jazz play Memphis in back-to-back home games, October 29th and 31st. They play New Orleans in back-to-back home games, December 13th and December 15th. They play at Oklahoma City March 3rd and March 5th in back-to-back games. And I believe there's a fourth one also that I just can't see off the top of my head here somewhere. It's, it's an incredibly important kind of little subtle thing. Uh, they play San Antonio February 25th, and they don't play until three days later, the 28th. I don't think San Antonio leaves in the meantime. I'd be surprised. There's just that's a minor thing, but that takes away travel, takes away a bunch of things. It, it really helps out. The killer, as somebody who's traveled in the NBA, the killer. Jazz play home. Get on a plane. Go to a game where you have to play the next day, so you get it at two o'clock in the morning. Play the next day. Get back on a plane to come home. Usually you're going west coast, so now you're coming back home and you're back at 3 o'clock in the morning. Killer. Lasts for like a week. We only do it once all season long. There's only one time all season long. We play Phoenix at home and play Portland on a back-to-back, but we don't play our next game is at the Clippers. I would suspect we might spend that night in Portland and then fly the next day so you're not flying on back-to-back days. The only time we do it all year, we play Minnesota on the ninth. We go to Denver. We don't even change time zones. And then we come home, but we don't play for three days. That is incredible. Like, that is a subtle thing. And, and let's be perfectly honest about where the Jazz are. We got no TV, national TV. got one national TV game against the Knicks. We're the lowest rung of scheduling right now in the league. Like, we're not getting any benefits. So if we're not getting killed by this, no one is. The other one is we only have two road trips over three games. Well, what that usually leads to is one of the worst things that exists in the game, which is single home games. Single home games are brutal. They're basically a road game. Okay? We do it October 26th against Houston right out of the chute. It's bad. Play three road games, at Houston, come back, play Houston again, go back out to Denver. At least we only go to Denver. We do it again with the Lakers. We go to L.A. We actually stay in L.A. to play the Lakers and Clippers for four days, come back, play one game against the Lakers, and then go back out. That one's not great. And we do it again early against Detroit on the 23rd against November. But after that, it really doesn't happen again. We do it against Washington, but we don't play for four days. And that's it. March 27th against Phoenix one more time. So the... The things that if you travel on the road in the NBA and you've lived this life are absolute killers to player performance and player uh, success and probably player health, though I don't think that's truly been proven, have been taken out of this schedule. So I think that's a really, really interesting uh, evolution, and it's good for you, the fan of the NBA. Obviously, the big ones. Rudy Gobert comes to town December 9th, fire up for that. Rudy Gobert comes back to town a second time on February 8th, fire up for that. It'll be the last home game before the um, before the All-Star break. Players you must see, Giannis Atacumbo comes to town February 24th, that's my number one must-see player in the league. Right, my number two must-see player in the league is LeBron. You'll regret it if you don't see him. He comes to town November 7th against uh, on a back-to-back and April 4th, near the end of the year. Uh, so make sure you see that. Nikola Jokic, opening night on the 19th and then end of the year on the 8th. Luka Doncic, a must-see player. We've probably seen enough of him uh, after he came back from the cast train. January 28th. He's in town and February 6th, like super close together. Ja Morant and his excitement happens twice early. Make sure you get one of those two games on the 29th and the 31st. So those, to me, are like the must-see players of the NBA. Chet Holmgren, um, we'll see where he is, whether he's still playing by the time he— April 6th, uh, when we play them our first game back from the All-Star break. He'll stay, probably stay in town. Uh, no, he won't. He'll go out on vacation somewhere. <coughs> and Zion's in town. Uh, December 13th and December 15th. So make sure you get one of the two Zion Knights, 13th and 15th, one of the two Memphis Knights back-to-back. It'll be pretty great. NBA schedule's out, fired up for the season, start prepping, start getting ready. And uh, poll question as we wrap up the show, 60% say go get another star somewhere. And 40% say rip the Band-Aid off and start the rebuild. I'm going to go through all the comments today in the comments section uh, about what you guys said about the TV deal and the rest. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for joining the live afternoon show. We'll be back with an Ask LOJ show on Friday, so tune in. Have a great one. Thanks very much.